This is Wake Up Call. Another kind of daytime radio program. On the Sports Map Radio Network. All right. All right. Let's do this. Alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. There is nothing more spectacular in American sports than the one-and-done aspect of a postseason. And to be honest with you, we really get it two and a half times. In in American in the in the major landscape of professional sports, I know MLS does it, but in the major landscape of American sports, we get one and done in two major things that we watch: the NFL, college basketball, and I kind of say a half because the college football playoff will be expanding, so that will be part of it. But having four teams battling it out, it's not the same as what we were seeing this weekend in the NFL playoffs. Because every team had this story. Every team had a reason that they were there. Every, every team, and we've got two more games tonight, has something about it that made it stick out from everyone else that wasn't playing this weekend. If you're the Steelers, you've won three in a row. you got a different quarterback. If you were the Browns, you were red hot going in. So much so that your fifth quarterback was playing in a meaningless game at the end of the season. And if you're Houston, you got a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. But if you're the Dallas Cowboys... This is where this part of the year is painful. Because for the entire season, you set up an unbelievable sandcastle. Beautifully designed, intricately detailed, only to have the tide wash it away with one big wave. And that wave was Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. That is the most heart-wrenching part about being an NFL fan is that it it gives you 365 days a year, 24-7, news constantly, doesn't matter what month of the calendar it is, there's always something to talk about about this league. You build up, you build up, you build up, you go to training camp, you put together a team, and then you start winning some football games, and in fact, you win 12 of them of the 17 you play. And you win all eight of them at home. And not only do you win all eight at home, you are averaging 37 points per game at home, little less than 30 all year long, and you are playing one of the youngest football teams in the history of the NFL postseason. And it is natural to break down a game like that and say, I don't see a path for the, for the underdog other than this is a league that sometimes allows an underdog to pull it out. But if if I was if you had come to me after the game and said Green Bay won, you didn't see it, tell me how they did it, I would say, well, it must have been a close game. It must have been one of those games where just the Packers found something, the Cowboys made a few mistakes, maybe it came down to a final field goal. But never in my wildest dreams did I think that this Dallas Cowboy team at AT&T Stadium would be down 27 to nothing and down by 32 points in the second half only to have the score look a little bit better than the game actually was. This was a butt-kicking by the Packers. An absolute butt-kicking. The Dallas Cowboy defense got ran over. Dak Prescott looked like he had deer in the headlights again, which is the major criticism of him because no matter how good he looks in the, in the regular season, when he gets in the playoffs, he gets to be frozen. And Mike McCarthy was completely and utterly outcoached by Matt LaFleur. That Green Bay Packer team played with house money. And as you know me, I don't really like the term because I think when you get to the postseason, it's your money. You have something to lose. When you get to the playoffs, even if you're young and inexperienced, you have got to that point. But it is playing with a little bit of looseness, a little bit of confidence. It's a little bit of, we have 
clearly not as pressured as they are. Their owner looks like he's going to have a heart attack in the in the in the press box, in the media box or after this game. And instead, the Packers went out there and just went, you know what? We'll take what you're going to give us. You want to run defensive backs, and we're going to run the ball. And by the way, our quarterback, accurate, been playing well, in case anybody hadn't noticed. He has one interception over his last eight games. But the thing that worried me for Green Bay wasn't Jordan Love in the offense. It was their defense. Their defense wasn't any good. The defense allowed other players to be stars for a brief period of time. Tommy DeVito beat him. Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns against him. And Dak Prescott had nowhere to throw the football until late in the game. Dak Prescott couldn't get the timing right. Him and C.J. Lamb jarring at each other. Everyone wondering, what is all this in a playoff game? And you could start sensing the pressure building up within an organization that can't help itself with this situation. I mean, how many times do people have to write and say, Jerry Jones doesn't have much long. Jerry Jones is one in that last Super Bowl before he leaves this great earth. They hear it too. So you go 17 games, 18 weeks of the regular season to get to this point where another 12-win season is on the mantle, but an early exit in the postseason. And again, it, it, it's one thing to lose to San Francisco. The 49ers are better than the Cowboys. Those, those teams were better than the Cowboys. But this is beyond excusable. You can't find an excuse for this. So naturally, there's some speculation about Mike McCarthy. Does he survive this with Bill Belichick out there, Jim Harbaugh out there, Mike Vrabel out there? Good coaches. Good coaches that could come in and be a new voice, a different voice. Now, there's two points on this. One, Jerry Jones, despite the fact that he is an owner that is in the media spotlight, he is a guy that looks for a camera, he is a guy that looks for a microphone, he has his own weekly appearance on local uh, Dallas radio. He is a guy that does not mind that attention, whereas other owners shy away from it. Jerry Jones has no problem getting in front of a camera. He has never been reactionary like that. He's not the guy that fires in anger. He's not, despite pounding on the table last night in the owner's suite, he's not the kind of guy that comes downstairs and goes, everybody's fired. He doesn't do that. He has a history of not doing that. And when yesterday he was asked about McCarthy's job, says he said never crossed his mind. And I don't blame him. I think he's actually right. Because I think he thought, like we thought, that the Dallas Cowboys were going to win that game. Speaking I think on he, that, speaking he on that looked at. Quick. He thought he looked was looking. Hey, look, we'll beat Green Bay. We'll figure it out when we play San Francisco or play wherever. But we'll beat Green Bay. Go ahead. I had a question uh, outside of Green Bay. Was there anyone who thought the Packers could win? I don't think anybody in Green Bay thought that they could win. I mean, you watch every single pundit was talking about. Nobody even said it was going to be a close game. Right. I mean, the there closest was no, score you saw was... There was no was, metric. <laughs> the closest score you saw was like, oh, you know, it'll probably be like uh, Cowboys win by 17. There was no metric that indicated that this, that this... That's why we love this sport. Because it does produce this every now and then. It does give you this every now and then. And the biggest problem with this is that it's, it's feeding into the narrative we have of the Cowboys. Like, it just... 
Out of every team, this is the one that we think about all the time losing in the playoffs. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. Because so this, has been, for this has been every time Dak Prescott and the Cowboys get to the postseason, they don't get to the postseason with a barely enough wins to get just to squeak in. They usually do it with double-digit victories. Mm-hmm. They use, Last three years, they've had 12 victories. They've had 36 regular season wins in the last three years and have never gone to a championship game. Right, So they're setting up for this incredible season that leads you to disappointment. And I, and I wonder how much the pressure of being the Dallas Cowboys is, gets on them when they get to this moment and they're reminded that the owner could die tomorrow. Like, that, that, like that's, that's the one thing that people keep bringing up all the time is the age of Jerry Jones and how he's not long for the world and wants a Super Bowl. And Dak Prescott looked like that was on his mind yesterday. Like, holy cow, this is getting away from us. The two interceptions that he threw were terrible throws. He never saw Darnell Savage. Never saw him. No, but he looked looked at C.D. Land the entire time. Absolutely. He didn't even see other receivers that were open. And the one early to Jair Alexander where that was a great interception, by the way. His ability to. But again, it it was a badly thrown football. He looked like he was crushing and getting squeezed into a diamond, right? I mean, it was just un- it was it was. You know it, it happens was? to him. It happens to him at this time of year all the time. He was playing like a a guy who was so afraid to make a mistake. That's exactly right. Where Jordan Love did not. Where Jordan Love was like, "What do I have to lose?" He's throwing it <laughs> off his back foot and completing it oh, to receivers. God. And oh, by the way, the the great thing about this about this for the Packers, the great thing about this for the Packers was even when Dallas was try was trying to get back into this game, open up the second half, go down the field, get a the Packers came right back and scored a touchdown every time. Every time. I mean, that and one not only pass, that, I... he had two guys wide open. Romeo Dobbs is wide open. Who was the other guy? The other the, guy the, was Luke Musgrave. That, that one. That Luke one Musgrave. was worse. Oh, my God. That was a touchdown, <laughs> and that was worse. There was nobody on that side of the field. Nobody. No, and so, he's slow. Because, so I mean, he, Quinn, he almost didn't make it into the end zone. <laughs> he's the one of the hotter coaching candidates that's out there has lays a complete and utter egg. Of a game. And I know people, look, I know people will blame Dak. You blame the quarterback. I get it. But that defense was atrocious. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. It didn't have no favors. Because you can't, you can't, even though falling behind early was as part of the offense as it was the defense. Because the Alexander interception set up the Packers for a score. And obviously the pick six was a game-changing, momentum-changing moment. Because it was 20 to nothing and the Cowboys were driving. And then it turned into 27 nothing in a blink of an eye. You know that but meme? But the defense never gave the offense a chance to get back into that football game. You know that meme of that guy sitting behind the desk and it always has like a sign that says, convince me this? Yeah. Right? I feel like that guy today going, hey, convince me Micah Parsons played. Right. I know. It's nothing. Nothing. I mean, Packers offensive line was making holes. But again, it was easy because they were doing so many. They had so many defensive backs in the game, as pointed out by Greg Olson. There was nobody, there, was nobody there to stop the run anyway. Yeah. And, I don't know. Right, did they think Aaron this? Jones wasn't going to be healthy? <laughs> we got two games today <laughs> as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills had a rescheduled game from Sunday to Monday. We'll talk about that. And then we got the Eagles that are trying to maybe salvage some a disaster rolling into Tampa tonight. Plus, the freezing cold game that was streamed. Plus, the rookie quarterback who has shined. Plus, an emotional and unbelievably electric night in the Motor City. All of that coming up. And more Cowboys as we continue on Wake Up Call. 
This is Wake Up Call on the Sports Map Radio Network. Alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. All right, thanks for joining us on Twitter at Tony D Radio, at Ron Culver. That's Ron with two N's. So, again, two more games today. Uh, the Steelers-Bills game, which got rescheduled because of the winter storm from Sunday into this afternoon. Not too bad. And not too bad. We get a doubleheader. And then Tampa Bay hosting the Eagles tonight. That was the originally scheduled Monday night football for Wild Card Weekend. But four games over the weekend. And, again, each one, crazy stories. I mean, look. I was saying this earlier. One of the reasons I talked about the finality of the playoffs, the, 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 these th- in, the, in this three-hour window that you're going to get in a football game, everything that you've built up for could be gone in a blink of an eye. Bye-bye. Done. Thanks for playing. All of this analysis, all of this breakdown, all of this I like this team could be out the window. That happened on right off the bat. I said all week or leading even into the playoffs, I think the, be- the I thought the best team to really take at- on the, Brown- uh, the Ravens was the Browns. And now they don't get a chance to do that because they couldn't beat the Texans in Houston. And then the Texans become a phenomenal story. Crazy. Because like the Packers, there's no expectation at the beginning of the season. Even worse for a team with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. For a team, like we've seen rookies get into the playoffs, but because they were drafted late on good teams and whatnot. But the Texans were a horrible team that went into the into the postseason with the number two pick, moved up to get the number three pick, and got a rookie coach, and then turned this into gold. Gold. Winning the division with ten wins and a playoff victory. Holy cow. My wife asked me a simple question on uh, that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, they played on Saturday. And she goes, can the Texans go to the Super Bowl? And at first, I immediately went, no. No. Yeah. And then I, as I was telling her the reasons why, I started convincing myself, like, well, why not? Why not? You're in the I final mean, four of the conference. Yeah. I, you not? know what? It's like, I didn't think they would be here. Sure. And then let alone, I did first. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, let alone win a game. You never know. This is crazy. Now now we're at a moment. Yeah. This league. It's like, why can't, why am I, why shouldn't I think that they could beat Baltimore or Kansas City next week? Kansas City hasn't looked good at all. No. No. So, yeah. I know you're at this point when you get to the final (laughs) four, all, yeah, it's all. At that point, I I didn't really have an answer for it. I had like literally talked myself out of the fact that the Texans, there's no way the Texans can make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's what a game and what a what a, a magnificent performance by Hey look, the offensive line was good. CJ Stroud was incredible. Their Miles Garrett was nowhere to be found. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was that kind of game for the Browns unfortunately. Um so the Texans really had a game plan going into that one and really really just showed that they weren't interested in being a feel-good story of the postseason, that they had something to do, and they did it, especially at home. And then last night, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm, I'm the le- very – how do I put this? I, I never get caught up in that much emotion when yeah. it comes to sports. I'm just not that guy. I'm not wired that way. I, I don't cry. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, and I, and when I'm, we're talking about millionaire athletes, them getting homecomings or overcoming adversity, I – cry me a river i'm not i'm not that emotional to me i'll get emotional over the over you know the 55 year old garbage man you know working for his grandson who's got cancer like i get emotional about that i'm not getting emotional over a 29 year old millionaire quarterback because the team cut him and traded him i'm sorry i'm not wired that way however however 
I have to say there was a lot of emotion feeling for the 66-year season ticket holder that they kept showing last night <laughs> and the woman who brought her dad's ashes to the football game to sit in his seat. Yeah. Like, those were things that I was like I was emotionally like, just, okay, okay, you hooked me in on this one. Yeah, you got me. And when they're taking know. the final kneel down and they're showing the crowd and there's, there's grown men in the crowd who are crying. That's right. It's like, I couldn't help but feel for them. It's like, God, that's just, you guys have been waiting forever. It is a long time. I mean, 1992 was the last win yeah. that they had in the place, 94. So I can't, it was, well, it was 30 years. Let's 30 just put years. it that way 30 years. A, a diff, a, just a different time, a different era, a, a different generation of who experienced the last time that that city had won a playoff game. And that, those are the kind of things I will say. It's not so much the players. It is the longstanding fans. It is it is the grandfather that 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 never saw a World Series title. Like It's all of that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I will get emotional with. The diehard fans who never give up, who always attend, who always watch, who buy the new jersey of the new player that's going to give them hope. Those are the things they get emotional about. Jared Goff in the comeback in the comeback of his career, it's it it makes a great book or at least a long form article. Maybe not a book, but maybe a long form article about the emotions of being with the Rams. And I'll tell you, I was in Atlanta when when the Rams and the Patriots were in in Goff. You had a feeling at that time five years ago. Goff at twenty four years old was on the cusp of maybe being a consistent winner in the league with the right head coach. He had the right offensive-minded quarterback. And maybe this guy just gets better and better and better, and the Rams just become one of those teams that's going to kick around and be around this kind of game, maybe get in it every now and then. But it didn't work out, and everybody made out, everybody won. Everybody won in this trade. They did it last night in that cartoon where they showed Matt Stafford on one side on the house with the Super Bowl trophy, and they showed all of the players the Lions were able to get with the assets that they obtained in the deal for Matt Stafford. That included Jameer Gibbs. It included Jamison Williams. I mean, it, it, uh, it included, um, oh, I forgot the other guy. There was three big ones that they that they got in the deal. And the, that, that's, that's, it you're hosting a playoff game and the team you're playing has got a Super Bowl banner. Everybody's won. Everybody's won. And you know what they did last night? They put on an unbelievable show. I mean, Matt Stafford, you can't ask a quarterback to play a better game and a loss than Matt Stafford did. He got hurt in his hand, then got sandwich crunched <laughs> and still went out and was fighting like a dog you know, out there. You know what it reminded me of? Team. It reminds me, it's a viral, viral video. I can't remember which game it was uh, when he dislocated his shoulder. Right. And he still went out there. Like, he threw the touchdown pass, dislocated his shoulder. Uh, I think the Browns, I think they were playing against the Browns. They called a timeout for some reason, which allowed him to come back into the game. And he threw, uh, threw a two-point convert. Oh, no. he That's when he threw the touchdown. And it was just, you know, it was really just showing the grit Matt Stafford has. And this, I mean, <laughs> and then Whatever emotion he had about being home in Detroit, them booing him, he yeah. let it out on the field. I, I mean, he was great. I, you know, and I, they just came up short. I didn't mind them booing it, but when they booed him when he was hugging Calvin Johnson, come on, man. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> the Lion fans were going to set the tone, right? Like they yeah, were setting no. this was. They were basically saying, "Look, guy, this is thirty years." We've been waiting for something like this for 30 years. 
and we may love you later. You can come back and be part of the Hall of Fame, Ring of Fame, whatever they call it in Detroit, whatever, but we're not doing it tonight. Tonight's not the night we're doing this. We're not, this is not a feel-good story of a homecoming. We're not giving you any ammunition to think we're okay with this. Like, you're the opposing quarterback, and we need to win way more than we want you to feel comfortable in this building. And I think there was, I think there was something about that, because I think that there was a, a media point in the story leading into the week was, if you want to hear noise, go to Ford Field this weekend. If you want to hear uh, just an electric atmosphere, feel an electric atmosphere, if you want to really feel home field advantage for an opponent, go to Ford Field this weekend. Be a part of that. Be a part of that crowd willing another willing their team to greatness and i didn't think i think everybody that had a ticket to that game and went into that game was obligated to make it tough for the rams was obligated to say we don't get to host these things very often we don't get to see our teams win playoff games very often and not for one second are we going to make you feel comfortable we don't care what you did for us what you meant to us we cannot make you comfortable for one second. But it didn't matter because Stafford was electric. He was fantastic. I mean, again, it was as good of a game as you can play. And I love the fact that Sean McVay pointed that out at the end of the game. We're not here if we don't have Matt Stafford. He was, I mean, laser beams in tight windows, throwing it sidearm behind his back, no look passes. He was great. He was absolutely great. And Goff was nearly perfect in the first half. That team slowed down in the second half, but it was good enough. The first half was good enough. The three touchdown drives, all 75 yards. He was like 16 of 18 in the first half. And it was these two quarterbacks really had something to show, and they showed it. No, it was, it was a good, that's what I said. It was a fun set, uh, Sunday night game. It was the best game of the four oh, by, a mile, by a mile. By a mile. And that's, I mean, so the NFL was 25% of its unless, games that gave you something at the end that was somewhat competitive. Unless you're really into surprises. Oh, yeah. And if you're into <laughs> shocking results where your hands are like, I can't believe this happened. What the heck? Where then you at least got that for two of the games this week. Two of the games, you're sitting there at halftime like, it's no, this, the score should be reversed. Yeah. What are we that doing That Texans here? game, I was, I was really blown away on how unbelievably efficient the Texans were Easy. against a was, great with defense ease. with ease with ease I mean it was they had 20 it was 24-14 at halftime yeah against a that Browns defense which has really been their calling card this year I know Flacco has had a great last you know five games that he played but he's also thrown a number of interceptions but it didn't matter because the Browns defense has been rock solid and the Texans tore it to shreds to shreds We'll get more on the playoffs. All right, we are going to preview the two games tonight, Steelers and Buffalo. And, of course, what is going on in Philadelphia? We'll continue with Wake Up Call. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Wake Up Call on the Sports Map Radio Network. Alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. All right, thanks for joining us, and we continue. Oh, boy, a lot of playoffs to get to as get rolling this morning. All right, who got Peacock over the weekend? Who decided to sign up for it? I know, Ron, you already had it. Yeah. We ended up getting it so we could watch uh, the Saturday night. Chiefs All right. Dolphins and and how was your service, sir? We actually had no problems with the service. Did you have problems with the service? Um, how was the first half of the game? Um, was it I entertaining? I, I couldn't don't, tell you. Yes. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Couldn't tell you. Because you didn't get the first half of the game? I First of all, 
And maybe it was just my area, Peacock, and I'm seeing all these reports of big, big numbers. The you know the yeah, NFL 23 scored three million, I think. Oh, great! You know that must have been taking down, uh, jotting down those numbers in the second half because the first half. This is how my first half was spent. Refresh, refresh, oh, refresh. Yeah. It just kept spinning, and I would see the peacock, and then the dot, dot, dot. Like thinking, like I were trying to get in, we're trying to get in. It was like I was stuck in the queue for a long, long time. So were you watching then, it on a device? No, I was just watching, like, you know, on my phone, GameCast. Oh, you're watching it on your phone. Okay, okay. I was watching it on no, TV. No, no, no. I was trying to watch the game on TV. I resorted to watching it on my phone, not, not watching the game itself, just watching GameCast. You know, like how the ESPN just says, here's each play, and you, I'm not seeing any video. I'm just waiting for them to send, uh, you know, so-and-so through it so, to so-and-so right. for 15 yards. That's how I was watching the first half. Because then once I finally did get connected and I was in, I was like, oh, hallelujah, I can watch this game. Kept pausing on me. Oh, okay. I would, you would still hear the audio, and it was like a, uh, but on the screen was like a record skipping. This is this is gonna this is what the biggest fear of the streaming stuff is is that if you're saying to people, you know, um, we're giving it to you for nothing, you just got to watch advertising, and there's glitches, broadcast glitches, or something like that. It's just part of the that's part of the deal. But if somebody's paying seven bucks for it or whatever, you better make sure they can get it. Yeah, you better make oh, yeah. sure there's no problems. Now, like I, I said before, go- I mean, peak, we get Peacock free through our cable because you know we're X- Comcast Xfinity. That's our cable, and that's you know they're all under the Comcast umbrella, so we just get it as part of our. Cable package. I mean, we're probably paying for it. We just don't know. It's just yeah. absorbed in the yeah, bill. Sure. But yeah, it, my experience with it ah, maybe wasn't the entire first half, but it was. It took forever for me to see that game. It was well into the second quarter, but by the time I was able to see it, I I saw a tweet over the weekend, and it, it made me go, "Yeah, I had the same idea. I'm, I just didn't express it. Why didn't the Dolphins go out there?" Three days in advance. Oh, that's a great question. Why didn't they just go? We're going out there. It's freezing. You know, let's go practice. Tua Tungavaleo couldn't throw in the in the cold. No, he couldn't throw. Every ball that he threw was wobbly or un- like even the pass to Tyree Kill was underthrown. No, Tyree Kill like, had to come back for it. He had trouble gripping it, like, right? Because his hands were so cold. He's Hawaiian. He, you know, they don't have negative 30 degree weather of course not but and then, gonna, he, moved, but and then he moved to Alabama you're going to, this is a league where you're going to have to learn to play in cold weather if you're going to go to the Super Bowl yeah unless you have a advantage throughout the playoffs you know you're going to have to learn to play in the cold and you can you you can get used to it by going there early and just saying okay here is the limitations in the cold yeah here's the limitations in the cold this is how we can restructure what we're going to do in the cold not not going out there and and making it clear that the cold affected you. That's the uh, the youngness in the coach. Yeah, I you think should have gone out there earlier. Yeah, this is a league with tons and tons of resources. Every team is flush with cash. You can go out and find a facility to work out in in the greater Kansas City area. You don't need um, a a huge practice facility. You can do it at a high school stadium for all I care. But you you've got to be outdoors a couple of days before this game. You can't I've, be out, you can't be in Miami practicing in 70 80 degree weather and then go to Kansas City and think those things you were working on down there are going to be the same when the wind chills minus 26. It's not that's not how it works. And again, maybe 3 days would have made a little difference, maybe not a ton of difference, but at least it would have been something. Well, at least you got it you would have, you know, maybe two could have figured out how to throw. 
what you're looking for is what, how is my quarterback limited in the cold? Mm-hmm. Right. And he goes out there and goes, okay, we're going to throw some balls. Okay. This is what's like, okay, maybe we're going to, we're going to lay off this, this, and this, and maybe more emphasis on this, this, and this. But they had no idea until the actual game well, time how the cold was affecting his hand. You know, and I think it to it. It's like, you know, they they and the Dolphins, they've made their uh they made their bread this year with a lot of deep throws, dollar right. deep pass passes. You know, big, big plays. Um and you can't really do that here when your quarterback can't grip the ball and and he does throw the ball and it's not a tight spiral, it's kind of floating up in the air a little bit and just kinda of hanging up there. It's almost looking like a Hail Mary every single time he throws it. Yeah, that was no good. Yeah, and again, you don't want you don't want the reputation of we can only you know if we're going to go in the postseason because look, it wasn't freezing freezing last year in Buffalo, but it was winter when they played up there and and lost by three. But this was the fourth coldest game in the NFL, and everyone knew it going into the game. It didn't shock anybody when we got to the game and it was minus twenty six. They had anticipated that it was going to be that cold all week long. So, again, it's not like you arrived and there was a late system coming in. You're like, oh, what can we do? As you were working out in Miami, you knew it was going to be minus 20. There's no way to replicate that. You can't really, you know, you're not going to play in a freezer for crying out loud. So you, there's no, there, nothing you can do other than everyone we're going on a plane and we're, we're going to go there early and we're going to go work out at, you know, Jones Smith High School in Kansas City or whatever it is. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to go out there and that's, what we're, that's how we're going to be working out. We're going to get out there in the cold. And they didn't, but now their season is over too. Like it's again, it's the Cowboys, the Browns, the Dolphins, right? The Rams. These were, these were extremely good teams late in the season, except for the Dolphins. The Dolphins kind of, you know, they still won, you know, uh, what, 11 games, but they they were all had a a feeling of even of of greater things other than a first round exit. And especially the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys had Super Bowl or at least NFC title game written all over them because they had been undefeated at home. Not only that, they were dominant at home. And the team that beat them is one of the youngest NFL playoff teams in the history of the sport. It's crazy. And you've now, now you've got Jordan Love, CJ Stroud in the play and continuing on in the playoffs. The Texans went further than the Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. I don't know about you, Tony, but that's what I've had penned in for right. months now. I mean, great. It's that's that's the great part about this league. It's great. Uh, back to the game. So the Packers. Um, it's a, it's a record for Peacock in terms of its streaming. No surprise because it's a live sporting event. Live sporting events do way way better than yep. television shows that we can watch on our convenience. But here's the thing. This is going to be and 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 the best way I can put it is. Remember, I I'm old enough to remember the first time an airline ever charged for bags. Yeah. Right. And people went ballistic. Because they were like, you got to be kidding. And back then it was like 10 bucks, 15 bucks at the most. And then the only airline that doesn't charge you bags is Southwest, and they brag about it in their ads. But everybody else said, fine, we're doing it too. Now every airline charges for bags, and it could be $30, $40 now, right? And it just became part of the deal. That's what you were going to have to do. You can complain and complain and complain, but now it's just part of the deal of traveling. Here's your airline ticket price, and here's what's going to cost you when you get to the gate. It's the same, like if you go to uh, Disney World, the fast passes used to be free. Now you got to pay for them, and they'll never not be, they'll never be free again. That's just the way it is. Like we'll complain, 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 say it's un-American, but this is what's going to be happening. Now I have to do a little deep dive this week because on Friday I saw an article about, and these are the kind of articles that are 
they're boring enough that I don't want to run back to them, but there was something about the NFL and their antitrust exemption when it comes to broadcasting that they can't do full streaming. If they, they could lose that antitrust exemption, it's a little too political for me. I will do a deep dive into it later this week because that's probably something to keep an eye out as to NFL going full, you know, streaming playoff games 10 years from now, but the success is there And now this will just be the cost of doing business. If you want this product, because here's the thing, it's like the airlines, right? Once the airlines started charging you for bags, people, what what were you going to do? Not fly, right? It's the fastest way to go from point A to point B, right? You can take a train if you want, or you can drive if you want. But if you want to get point A to point B in the fastest amount of time, you got to fly. And most airlines are going to now charge you for bags. Again, there's one that doesn't, but most airlines are going to charge. That's the cost of doing business, right? If I, when I go to Florida, it's a 10-hour it's a drive. I can get to the airport at 3 o'clock, get on a 4.30 flight, and have dinner. It, if I drove, I'd be in Atlanta, right, stuck in traffic. So what do I got to do? I got to pay for the baggage fights. It's the same thing. The NFL knows you want this product. They know it's the best sports product out there in the United States. You can't live without it. You want it, even if you're not a fan of either team. This is how you spend your January, and now they're saying, so you'll pay for it. You'll, you will you will comply with our broadcast partners in the methodology of how you're going to get this game. If it's over the air, you get it over the air. If you have to pay for it, you pay for it. But you will comply because you won't give this up. Every boycott that everyone's trying to take down the NFL fails miserably. They keep setting record after record after record. It stinks. Absolutely stinks. But they they did 23 million people on a streaming service. Man, you flex your muscles a little bit. All right, so, big question. Will Mike McCarthy get fired? What about these games today between the Bills and the Steelers and the Eagles in Tampa Bay? We got more playoffs information unbox as we continue. Tony D, Ron Culbert's Wake Up Call on Sports Map Radio. Wake-up call with Tony D and Ron Culver continues now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Here's Tony D and Ron Culver. All right, so Bills and Steelers later this afternoon tonight, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Bills and Steelers was supposed to be your 1 o'clock playoff game Eastern time, but instead they went, no, I'm going to move it because the snow was coming in really, yeah. really, really heavy. And so they were airing yesterday um, Chiefs, Bengals. A, uh, Bengals from last year's yeah. AFC Championship game. I, I had to do a double take, to be honest with you. I sat there, and I was like, oh, wait, that's not the game that's supposed to be on right now. So I, I don't <laughs> like those. I don't watch those. I don't watch replays yeah. of games. So I watched um, Equalizer 3 on Netflix with Denzel right. Washington, which was a good movie. I had a good time watching Denzel Washington beat up all the bad guys. In nine but seconds. I, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nine seconds. I did not uh, I did not know what to do with myself until 3.30. I was no, literally it was, like... What am I getting, What am I doing? There was nothing, a, there, not, it was weird. I was watch a movie. I'm 100 with you. There was like an empty void. Yeah. Now I was at my niece's birthday party during that time, but you know my uh, you know we had we had planned on just having the game on in the background and you know that we could do the birthday festivities. It was Harry Potter themed, so we just put it on Harry Potter. Why not? Might as well. There's no football. No. Why not? That is true. I mean, they did it right because it was 12 to three because they're cowboy fans, and I'm glad we didn't stick around with them. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been, you know, he's like, so, no, he's like, I turned it off. Bills yeah, and done. Steelers will play today. Steelers will be without uh, TJ Watt and the Bills won five in a row. 
Um, they did have the snow shovel removal team that, that showed up to try to at least get Highmark Stadium somewhat yeah. usable for this game. No, they had, But they, it was uh, uh, pretty nasty. The Steelers got something that no one is, uh, I don't think we've ever really had before. They, from, uh, from landing in the air, at the airport to the hotel, they had a snowplow ex, uh, escort. Yeah, the the Broncos had a snowplow um, escort to uh, the airport one year. Get them they out never, of they did not get them, to out, get them town, out for huh? for a playoff game that they had in the uh, in the eighties. But they yeah, but yeah, you get the team uh, get the snowplow team getting ready. I and but I will say I I um I was a, I'm a little more nervous as a Steeler fan today because. One thing that kind of – I don't think the Steelers are going to win, but after this weekend, all bets are off. Oh, I mean, you, after what happened in the last three – you know, yeah, all bets are off. Um, but, but you know, people have asked me as a Steeler fan, do you like your chances? And I said, not really, to be honest with you. I kind of – I don't think they're going to win, but you never know. I'm glad they're in the playoffs. I'm glad they have a chance. But, not, but had they played that game Sunday – in a snowstorm, a manageable snowstorm, like we're here, we're good, it's snowing, then you might go, hey, you never know. The, the, this, the, like I said about the weather with the, with the Ravens game a week ago, when it rains and it's wet and it's slippery, all bets are off because the other team is as affected as you are, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're, the, what's, what's your strength on paper just doesn't show up in a game where you're just trying to keep the ball secure. Well, then sometimes it's just luck. Yeah, it's just luck. The ball bounces your way. You get a fumble, recovery. It it could go the other way, too. I mean, you could fumble it five times and give up. You know, they could fumble it five times. Tip ball from receivers. That's going to happen all the time. So if the conditions today are a little bit more wintry but more calm, then then I go back to saying, well, I think the Bills are better. All right. Is this a bold statement to say? Mm-hmm. At first, when I saw that the Bills Steelers game had been postponed, I was disappointed. I was disappointed too. But then I thought, wow, you know what? At least we're going to get a good football game today. Well, I was. I'm with you. I, I am. Um, I mean, is that terrible to say? I, I understand. That's how I feel. When look, if the if the governor of the state is calling a state of emergency, the NFL can't override the state of emergency. Yeah, because that's the that's that's where this was. This wasn't the NFL canceling the game they let somebody else do that for them which is governor hockley is her name she was the one that declared state of emergency wife for of that. ed no. yeah for and she she the nfl went okay we we can't we can't make seventy thousand people get on the streets to go to the stadium and and i think this is one thing that's overlooked because i saw a lot of people on social media saying wow we're all we're all soft you only have a limited number of emergency personnel in a town. Right. And they can't be utilized for a game. We're yeah, talking about people that are going to be snowed in their house and, or snowed in their car. And you've got to, you have to have X amount of people at the game for parking, not parking per se, but uh, traffic, traffic negotiations yeah. in the game. Ambulance has to be at the game. All of those things. You have to have a lot of emergency personnel d- directed towards the, to the game. It's not... The NFL going, we don't, our players are going to have, they don't like snow. That's not what happened. The league would have loved to have played on Sunday afternoon if it could. But, you, you know, we've gotten smarter and smarter with this over the years. Whereas, you know, when it comes to these things, the games never got postponed, never got moved. No, I, think I don't back remember to, uh, any in my lifetime ever being moved. No, not because of what I, you know, the because one game, the one game that always sticks out in my mind is like, you know what, that should have been postponed or halted mid game was the Fog Bowl. Fog Bowl, yeah. I but again, remember watching the it, you Fog Bowl. But the Fog Bowl that is more aesthetics than than safety. 
Do you know what I mean? But like, I didn't think they w- were able to see that well on the field either. Well, well when I'm not, when I'm, I'm, I'm going to rewind that. It's more about the 70,000 people that are going to your game than it is the players yeah, okay, on the yeah. field. Like, look, look, if you could get the 70,000 people at the stadium safely and you're never going to need an ambulance or anything for a car accident getting to the stadium, it doesn't matter what's on the field. The players can play in snow, rain. That's the way it is. They're professional athletes. That's the way it goes. But this was a decision about people needing to stay home so that there was less of and less burden on the emergency personnel going out there and taking care of the people who have to be on the road, right, who have to get to a job, who have to get for important services. If you work at a hospital, you don't get a day off. You work at other places, you don't get days off. So you have to get those people safely to their place. And when they slide off the road, when they run into other people, that's when you're going to need an ambulance, you're going to need a police officer. And if you have more of those resources to get 70,000 people into a football game, that's when you have a problem, right? So that's when the state of emergency comes down and the league goes fine. So in in essence, the aesthetics of the game are less important than the actual overall getting everybody to a game. And so I completely understand, I completely understand that. But like I said, I've never, I can't remember the last time a playoff game was ever moved, like moved or halted. Now that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It means I don't, it's not in the forefront of my memory banks. So it was disappointing for me. Cause I was like, darn, I was kind of hoping to see a, a cool Buffalo wintry football game, but I didn't realize until I saw the video, how, how crazy that was. Okay, all right, let, let me give you an example. People were wondering why it was okay for the Chiefs and the Dolphins to play, but not the Steelers, because it was snowing. Yeah. Like, the answer is very simple. I don't understand why people thought that those two things were the same. In Kansas City, it was just cold. That's it. Was it. Cold and buffalo, it was just cold and But we're talking about we're talking about precipitation. Yeah. We're not talking about temperature. Like, yeah, you know, think about it this way, kids. If if uh if it's flooding. Right, and there's potential for heavy rainfall and heavy flood. You wouldn't expect people to go to a stadium to watch a football game. Right, exactly. And that's pretty much what's happening there. It's not a flood, but it's a flood in the sense of snow. I mean, they had two feet like within, within was, a couple hours. It was coming down, and <laughs> they couldn't keep up with it. Right? I mean, it's, it's a very, it's, very... Yeah, it's one of those snowstorms that if you start shoveling ahead of time and it's just going, you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to wait. Wait, this, other, yeah, this is the, ridiculous. But the other problem that you have, and also this is the other thing that people don't forget about, is what happens when you get the ni- the 70,000 people in the stadium and they can't get out of the stadium, meaning they can't get out in a timely fashion. It snows so much in the four hours of, of a window of time of people arriving, getting to their seats, getting to their seats early, the three and a half hours of game time. What if it snows so much, they can't clear the parking lots out. The snow is on top of 50,000 cars or whatever it is, and they can't get out. They can't remove the snow removal from the parking lot. That's the other thing that you that you'd be concerned about. And so, again, the the state of New York made this very easy for the NFL. So, but as and rightfully, far as, and that was a and good, rightfully good so. It was, it was bad. If people saw the video, it was bad. It's bad, but we have gotten so used to the only thing that cancels football games is lightning. That, or that's, a you know, presidential really, assassination. Right, or a presidential assassination. <laughs> Actually, no, they didn't cancel it for that, remember? No, they did not. They, they did, did not. not. That's, they, that was uh, Pete Rozelle's biggest regret, that they did not cancel football that weekend. They did cancel it for 9-11. And they they, did, yeah. a lot of that decision on 9-11 was based on the 1963 decision to play games that weekend, to not pause and honor the, the fallen president. Nevertheless... 
tonight's game to me has a lot more intrigue in because why am I hearing Nick Sirianni's job is on the line for this one? Right. Is that a Philadelphia thing or is that really true? Are the Eagles, is the Eagles brass really going to can Nick Sirianni after losing five of six to get into the playoffs after going 10 and one? Yeah, that would be more shocking than the uh, Packers beating the Cowboys. Right. That if but, you, if, I mean, I, I, I can see them being upset. I, I just can't see the front office pulling that trigger saying 11 months after going to the Super yeah. Bowl. We are, we're talking about a guy coaching for his job in Philly. Not surprising. It's Philly. He ain't, you know, he ain't coaching but, in Jacksonville, but it literally hasn't been a full 365 yet. Right. Exactly. And uh, by the way, the, this is uh, tonight, two teams in completely different directions. Buccaneers have won five of six, and the Eagles have lost five hey, of and six. Hey, listen, the Buccaneers got to feel good watching these games over the weekend going, oh, sure. hey, why not us? Why not? Everybody else, is, everybody else is fine. Everybody else doesn't have a problem with this. All right, we will continue. It's Wake Up Call on Sports Map Radio. Again, your thoughts on the playoffs at Tony D Radio, at Ron Culver. This is Ron with two ends.